Hey, Ben. Jackson. Hey. Got you loud and clear, mate. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can hear you fine. Beautiful. How's um how's sunny Perth today? Yeah, it's good. It's warm today. 30, 31 degrees or something. Oh, really? Yeah, right. Yeah. Very good. Well, it's about bloody. It's about. So it was a maximum of eleven degrees here yesterday. Yep. It's bloody cold. Um. Anyway, so mate, thanks for joining. Um. So. Basically, it'll be give or take about fifteen minutes. Yep. And I just wanted to cover a bit about yourself, a bit about premium grains, uh, and then probably just really focus on the WA. You know, um, we'll call it the WA situation, which is a good one in, yep. in the fact that you've got plenty of production, um, and and you know. It's been a big year last year, another good year this year coming and, and obviously all of the challenges that, that come with that. So I suppose you can probably tie in, I mean, you know the Western Australian market as good as anyone, but you can probably tie in some of the stats around you know, production and how much can be exported and why there's, you know, issues at the moment with all of the, I mean, there's plenty of, um, I was just reading something yesterday, there's plenty of uproar on the farmer side at the moment. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there was, um, I think they're on the country uh uh, yesterday, all complaining about um, yeah, lack, of depth, lack, of, lack, lack, lack of capacity. Lack of Correct. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, you can you can go you can go wherever you want to go with all of that. But I'll um I'll just sort of prompt the questions. But yeah, we'll, we'll uh, if you want, mate, we can we can get into it. Um, just before I do, what's what's your official title? I am the uh, manager of acquisitions and domestic trade. I think. Acquisition and domestic trade for premium grain handlers. And do you prefer to be called premium grain handlers, premium grains? Premium, premium grains is fine. Premium grains, yep. Cool. Uh, no worries. Right, mate. We'll, um, I'll just do my little intro uh, yeah. at the start, then I'll um, we can bore in if you like. And if, if, we, if we sort of mess anything up, we can just cut it out. Easy. Yep. Right. No worries. Um, so, hi there. Ben Reed here, co-founder of AgriDigital and uh, another episode of Harvestable today. And on the other line, I've got Jackson uh, Morris with me. How are you, Jackson? Yeah, well, thanks, Ben. Very good. So, Jackson is uh, Manager of Acquisition and Domestic Trade at Premium Grains. Um, Premium Grains are a predominantly a grain exporter based in um, in Perth, WA. And today's conversations really, I guess, centred around um, what's been happening in Western Australia for the last couple of years and, and what we've got forecast for this year. There's some quite, you know, big sort of um, big things happening in the West. And, and I think it's important that we get get some detail on that today. But before we sort of get into, into that, Jackson, if you yeah, we want, want to just give us a little bit of background on on yourself, who you are, you know, where you've, you've grown up and, and how you ended up in grain, I guess, and then and maybe just then a little bit about premium grains, just give us some background on what, what you do there. Yeah, so I've been with um, premium grains for just over a year. Um, but prior to that, I was working for a Japanese trading house, um, Itochu, managing their Australian grain book, and I was there for probably five years. And then uh, spent a little bit of time in Queensland, um, working for a company called Australia Milling Group, doing their freight 
and prior to that was a trader at uh, Gavilon when they were over in, in Perth. Yep. So I've been in the industry for about, um, about 10 years. Very good. And, and I guess prior to that, you, did you grow up in the West? Yeah, yep. always been in WA, um, except for the stint I spent over in, um, in Toowoomba. Um, but yeah, I'm actually a city slicker. I've got some family that are, that are farming. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, born and bred in Perth. Very good. Well, uh, it's good to have diversity in the industry. And, and yeah, probably be good to just understand a bit more about premium grains and what you do there. Um, I guess premium grains has been a, a software customer of ours for, for quite a number of years. So we've um, uh, yeah, had, had plenty to do with the business. But, yeah, if you can just give the listeners a bit of a background on what you do. Yes, yeah, so premium grains is a, primarily a containerised grain exporter out of Fremantle. Um, we we do about you know 150 to 200,000 tons of grain sent in containers um, across the globe. We've got uh, four upcountry storage sites as well, um, dotted around sort of the Kwinana zone, um, and they're all about 150 to 200 k's away um, from from the site. Um, and, and my role at PGH is really just uh, chatting to the growers, um, you know, I guess giving them daily prices and, and buying their grain. And then also just seeing if there's any domestic opportunities, whether that be to the other container traders, you know, whether it be to some of the bigger traders in the track market um, and just liquidity to our marketing office in Singapore. And, you know, he then chats to all the customers around the globe. So just kind of putting the buy and the sell together. Yeah. Good background, and I've I've been to your site a few times, um, Jackson. You know, recently I was there recently with you um, as well, and you know, a, a pile of containers everywhere, and pro- probably just for everyone's benefit, maybe just if you wouldn't mind getting into the detail about you know what, what type of grains you put in containers, and, and probably where, what countries you actually export that grain to. Yeah, so we can do pretty much every can every commodity that's grown in in uh, WA. You know, we've got the ability to to export. Predominantly, our main commodities are probably uh, wheat, barley, oats, lupins, and peas. Um, and we ship those like, literally to all four corners of the globe. So sometimes some stuff into Europe, you know, a lot of stuff into Asia, China, Vietnam, Philippines, um, the Middle East, uh, the Indian sub. Like, in reality, you know, every week there's probably you know, 10 different countries we're shipping stuff to. Yeah, and and then probably before we sort of get into um, sort of talk about what's happening now in Western Australia, but just just for everyone's benefit, um, you know the, the the logistical challenges I guess you've had in containers and you know where where that's at now. Like I guess is it is have things settled down? You know, last year we had all sorts of you know post COVID type. Uh, challenges with, with containers and access yeah. is that is that sort of better now or? yeah look it's improving it's nowhere near what it was pre-covid level um but it certainly improved a lot in the last six months i think once we saw china sort of come out of that big lockdown in shanghai and, and beijing and guangzhou um everything sort of righted itself a little bit um in in saying that you know you look at some of these global container freight rates and the charts kind of show it they've gone from for example, like Shanghai to the US has gone from, you know, eighteen thousand dollars back to three thousand um, dollars. We're not seeing that reflected over in WA, and I think probably Australia. I think, um, you know, 
the the demand we've got for all these battery minerals that go out in containers and all this other mining product that goes out in containers is really supporting that that container freight price. Um, so that's made our, I guess, uh, it's made our you know, marketing a little bit harder. Uh, the Indian sub in particular has been very difficult. You know, freight there is still probably in the low 200s per tonne um, to get product from Fremantle to India. And you know, there's a huge amount of demand there. But not only is the cost of freight so expensive, it's also that the shipping lines have been curtailing our ability to get access to the containers as well. So, you know, normally you might get 40 or, or 50 containers a week um, into one destination. You know, at the height of COVID, they were saying, okay, you can have five, which is it's only 125 tonnes. Um, you know, two road trains. Um, so that's that has freed up a little bit, and it certainly looks like it's going to continue to get better, um, which is you know, very positive considering we're staring down the barrel of a massive crop um, down here. Yeah, it sounds like the trend the trend's heading in our, our direction a little bit. Um, I yes. guess as as an exporter, you've got to pass those costs on through ultimately through. Um, lower prices to the farmer, I guess, um, to maintain a margin. But, you know, it sounds like that freight, container freight rate prices are trending down, which is, which is encouraging. Um, do do you, um, do you see, um, I I guess ultimately, you know, from there, what's the correlation then across to to bulk freight rates? And is is it, I mean, I know you're not necessarily exporting in bulk, um, but is is there a correlation between container and bulk freight costs? Mm, there is in relation to the fuel, I guess, um, but uh, you know, not really. I mean, I guess when we're buying stuff in Fremantle, you know, we're we're basing it where the market is, and the market in WA is really a bulk market. So our container prices have to reflect the bulk market. Um, mm. So they kind of they do move in lockstep um, to an to an extent, um, but it's not really the freight price that's driving it. It's just where the global you know cfr prices the landed price in china you know that's what's really driving it yeah yep for sure so probably more sort of now talking more about just generally in western australia um you know there's been been some good years over there good times um and you know we, we talked about this when i was over there a few weeks ago about the about the um uh about the cost um, sorry, the, the level of production that was happening over there. You know, you've gone from 15, 16 million tonnes of grain produced in Western Australia. It used to be a big crop and, you know, last year was was a record, I think, 23 or 4 million tonnes, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um, yeah, something around there. Yeah, and this year looks like it's going to be, you know, potentially another record breaker as well. Um, so maybe just for, for context for everyone not close to it, what 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 is that? What has happened there and, you know, what's what's caused... Um, what has that caused with the market? Yeah, I think we've just had two Goldilocks seasons. I mean, this, this season in particular, uh, we haven't had any frost events. So last year we were staring down a massive crop. And then in, I think, September, um, there was a really widespread frost, which people estimate you know, probably knocked a million tonnes off the crop. Um, you know, we still produced, I think it was like 23 million tonnes. And then this year we've gone sort of again without having any frost, and we're looking at about another 23 million tonne crop. So uh, that's like previously the the highest was I think 18 and a half million tonnes. So it's just a massive um, a massive jump. And then to have back to back records, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's just it's crazy. 
Um, yeah. It's just it's put pressure on. It's great, great for farmers, but it's put a lot of pressure on the supply chain, you know, logistics. You know, this you drive down the highways here, and there's just lots and lots of road trains all moving grain to port uh, because demand has just been so consistent throughout the year because there's been so much to export. Uh, you look out in the, you know, you, I drive to work and I drive by, past the coast, and you look out, and there's just ships all along the uh, along the coast waiting to go into Quinana to load up with grain. Yep, they're all. It's like a parking bay. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think at the peak, those ships were waiting about thirty to thirty-five days to get into port um, because there was just so much demand. It was creating congestion, and like that would have been expensive because I think uh, the demurrage cost on those vessels would have been around twenty-five thousand US a day. So you can do the maths; it would have been very expensive. Yeah, well, it just shows you all the costs that are getting chewed up in the supply chain that that ultimately, uh, you know, cost. Cost the, the buyer at the end more, and it and it, and it uh, yeah, it's obviously a lower lower price for the for the farmer at the other end of it. So it's yeah. uh, it's it's challenging, I guess, when you have these big crops. You know, if we had big crops every year, it'd be easy for the market to um, work out the capacity that we needed to to ship it all out. But it's not that simple, is it? Um, no, nah, exactly. I think there's been a lot of commentary about you know port capacity over here and about the reason that. I think growers are perceiving they're not getting relative value, you know, relative global value for their crop is because there's just so much supply and it's actually more than the port capacity. Um, but, you know, the last 99 years out of 100, um, the CBH has had ample port capacity. You know, we've just had two years which have been um, unheard of and then to go back to back, um, it just means we're going to carry in a lot of grain and there, yeah, there is going to be more production than, than capacity. Yeah, it'll take a couple of years to bleed that out, um, but yeah, it, it'll it'll get back to normal. Yeah, it will. But in the meantime, um, I know it's quite topical at the moment. There was, uh, I think, you mentioned a, a country hour story today about um, you know Western Australian farmers feeling like they're not getting fair value for their grain uh, at the moment. Um, maybe maybe just for everyone's benefit, do you just want to explain why that happened and 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 you know explain how the sort of the export slots. Um, uh, allocated. Yeah, so I think you know it's pretty much just supply and demand. So we had 23 million ton crop, you know, plus let's say we had a 2 million or 3 million ton carrying, let's call it 25 million tonnes. Um, I think CBH only has 18 million tonnes of capacity uh, in the export program. You know, containers probably do another 250,000 tonnes, uh, maybe a little bit more. And then the domestic market probably has another 200 to 300,000 tonnes. So there was far more supply than there was actual capacity to export. And that just meant that um, the, the merchants and the traders didn't have to fight as hard, I guess, to find the tonnes. Yeah. And then as, as the season, you know, this, the current season just improved and improved and improved as it went along. I think everyone was going, gee, there's going to be another big crop. So, again, we don't have to overpay or, or, or push too hard. To um to get the grain. Yep, and then the other the added complication there too is that the um the export slot auction, which I'm not sure when that was early this year. Yep. Uh, CBH usually buy quite a big percentage of that annual export capacity, and the that's the CBH trading entity that is not the yep. bulk only entity. Um, and this year, I, you know, again, don't quote me on the numbers, but there was a significant reduction in the the slots that the CBH trading business um, purchased? Yeah. I mean, I think, so 
CBH operations allocate the capacity to the traders that, that want it and they base it off um, long-term commitments and short-term commitments. And I think that, you know, just from an outside looking in, there was probably some, oh, there would have been disgruntlement from the trading team because they didn't get as much capacity as they wanted. But I think that the operations side also have to try and be as fair as they can um, to the other uh, potential exporters as well. So, you know, they're trying to give everyone a bit of a pie. And when there's more customers, it just means that the incumbents, you know, being CBH trading, unfortunately had to you know, give up some of their share. Um, yeah, just just the, the way it is. Yeah, it sounds like it. So I know there's um, it's a bit of, a bit of uh, chatter at the moment about, you know, farmers wanting to forward sell, you know, new seasons production. They're about to, you know, about to kick off harvesting at some stage this month. Um, I'm sure there's already harvest commenced over there in some parts. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but um, the inability for those, you know, the, the, the farmers to sell enough grain um, that they want to forward sell because the depth of the market's not there. And yeah. you know, again, that's probably just a function of everything we've just discussed with the large large crops and um, and you know less less export slot capacity that the CBH trading business yeah um, has this year. It's been good. It's been good, I guess, for. For our business and probably, you know, it's been somewhat good for the industry to find other alternative, you know, other homes as well. So, you know, I think more growers are looking at on-farm storage um, than just delivering straight at harvest time. You know, they're probably looking at the way they market their grain a little bit differently. Um, you know, there's probably guys that are that we haven't spoken to that are now talking to us because we're able to take tons and, and book them up for them. Um, now where maybe other traders can't. Um, but like I said, you know, next year it'll be completely different. Uh, I doubt we're going to have, a, uh, you know, three back-to-back records. Um, and you'll probably find that there's <clears throat> ample ample capacity and everyone will be fighting to get tons again. Yep, that's right. No season's the same. Um so yeah, well, that, that's really, really helpful. Really interesting. Uh, it, you know, we could talk forever, Jackson. I appreciate your time uh, today, and you know, I think, um, yeah, as you as you rightly put, different marketing options for uh, farmers, and you know, the deregulation, I guess, of the container market for well, for a very long time now. But um, it's another it's another option. It's another channel to get grain out, and and probably you know, for your customers that you're exporting to, I'm assuming. Many of them, bulk grain doesn't suit them. Like container, containerized grain suits them down to the ground for their you know demand. Um, so I'm assuming that's yeah, that's not going to change. And that, that's just a, that's sort of been a, a shift that's happened over the last probably 15 years. You know, these you've had smaller mills prop up who are trying to operate on a you know sort of a niche and just in time uh, base. You know, they don't want to buy 50,000 tons of inventory. They want to buy 500 tons every week. And that's where we come into it. You know, we've got customers who we just regularly ship every week, you know, their consignment. And, um, you know, I think that that style is going to continue, particularly in Asia, where there's far more ports um, and, you know, different mills dotted around the place rather than just going, okay, we're going to put 60,000 tonnes of barley into Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, we're, we're talking to smaller mills yeah, who want stuff on a just-in-time basis. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. No, that's really good, Jackson. Well, we... Um... Good luck with the, with the, the year ahead and, um, yeah, appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap, mate. Easy. <laughs> 15 minutes when we've slightly gone over, but that's, uh, 
<clears throat> they would cut out some dribble at start and finish. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's good. so good. Did you? Um, I just for what it's worth, mate. I've actually we sort of have progressed um, our conversations with um, Impex um, oh, yep. cool. a little bit as well, and we're actually we've got Fletcher Fletchers on the on the east here. They're actually they've been using Impex or AgriDigital for a long time, and Impex for a few years now. Yep. And we're actually kicking off a project with them. Literally today, we kicked off um, joining the dots between the two systems. So awesome! So they should... can pay for it all, and we'll swoop in and get the get the spoils. That's the go. Yeah, <laughs> they as I said, we're, we're happy to be the guinea pigs, and premium grain can um, can hopefully get something that's a bit better formed. So yeah, yeah. Um, the other one was we're starting to get harvest deliveries in, and yep. um, I don't think that switch has happened with NGR yet either. The trading uh, name and the entity name. Yeah, good question. No, they're they're actually they're on it, and I think like they put out a big release two days ago with the optimization of the mobile. Yeah. So if you actually log on AgriVision on your phone now, it's a it's a better looking screen. Yeah. Which is going to be better for farmers. Um, and they're doing the switch now, so I'm hoping in the next like, well, next week it'll be it'll be released. I don't know what day yet, but they're doing doing they're doing that today and tomorrow. Yeah, okay. They've got to good. think about 12,000 um, NGRs. Yeah, I can imagine it's an absolute pain. It'd take a while. Yeah, <laughs> I know sometimes, yeah. you know, we just want to sink 10 and it, it, it takes a while. Correct. You know? Yeah, we've got 12,000 to go. So anyway, they're into it, but uh, it should be there next week for you. So. Yeah, that's good. I think we're just starting to take our first loads of uh, lupins at Kellebaran uh, yesterday and today. Got so, it. yeah, there was a bit of, bit of rainfall last week, so that slowed everything up. And okay. uh, all of a sudden, all the trucks I had planned to bring stuff into Fremantle have disappeared. So, <laughs> that, 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 that's my task for the next two days. you got to try, try and find some trucks now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it'll be, it'll be there next week, mate. So, unfortunately for now, they'll just have to keep managing uh, without it. And, and probably the only recommendation I can make in between it now and then fixing it is to try and get the farm or the driver to quote the NGR number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's all right. We'll manage it. Yeah, right. Sounds good. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Easy. Thanks, Ben. Catch you, mate. Bye.